0: Uh, for, for what you have brought him out of. And, and so give him this strength. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening. If you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 35, Isaiah 35. At least once a year, I try as best as I can to make sure that uh, ideally our entire family, but at least my wife gets to travel down to Florida to be with her family who lives down there. Now, uh, when we do it as a family, we travel straight through. So we leave from Providence, head to Florida, don't stop overnight and just barrel right on through. Now last year was the very first year we were able to do it as a family of eight. Now you can imagine that on a trip of that length with a family of eight, five of whom are between the ages of six and eleven, there's some ups and downs on the trip. Uh, Make no mistake, we have a lot of ups as we enjoy our time together and make a lot of memories traveling down but as our collective window of tolerance begins to diminish over the period of that, I'm seeing parents nodding and uh, empathy with me, um, uh, it, it begins to threaten our experience of joy and unity as a family. And as the driver, I'm thinking, why did we do this again? But one of the things that can strengthen us on the trip, in those moments, and even restore some joy in the journey is when we remember the destination that we're headed to. We remember that we secured a home for rent that has a swimming pool that we can swim in anytime we want, as often as we want, our kids love to swim. And we're just minutes from multiple beaches where we can spend as much time as we want enjoying the warm Florida water, playing in the beach, fishing off the beach, etc. Most of all, we're just minutes from family that we love deeply, where we'll spend countless hours over the period of that vacation, enjoying time together, uh, fellowshipping together. The certainty of what's to come strengthens our heart and restores joy in those hard moments in the journey. This morning, Kevin did such a beautiful job reminding us of the privilege we had to be part of a community of people living life together, and one way you could think about that is that together we are on a journey to a shared destination, and on that journey, there's a lot of joy as we live in community and on mission with one another, but because we're making this journey as sinners, with sinners, in a sinful world, there's also a lot of challenges, A lot of sorrow, anxiety, grief, sometimes soul-crushing anguish, temptation, and fear along the way. Fears that can create hopelessness, fears that can even tempt us to wonder if we should just quit or go another way. Well, God is so gracious. He understands This human tendency, he loves us deeply. And so one of the ways he provides us with hope and joy for this journey is by reminding us over and over again in scripture of the certainty of our ultimate destination. Where we are heading together. Though the journey is filled with sorrow at times, we don't want to allow our lives to be governed by those very real and hard but temporal realities, but rather anchor our lives in the certainty of what's to come and in the inexpressible joy that awaits us there. And our text this morning is one example of a passage in which God does this for us. It's Isaiah chapter 35. And as you know, Sunday nights we don't have a lot of time to deal with the context. Let me just say that the book of Isaiah is written to God's people, most of whom were living in rebellion to God. And that shows up in the first 34 chapters of this book in a major way because the first 34 chapters of Isaiah is dominated by themes of coming judgment, warnings of impending doom because of Israel's persistent rebellion against God. But then as he's coming to the close of this section, as one author puts it, out of nowhere comes chapter 35, which one author puts it, describes it as a brilliant shaft of light breaking through the clouds, bathing everything in the splendor of God's future and ultimate redemption of all things. And chapter 35 culminates in verse 10 in this beautiful verse that says this And the ransomed of the Lord will return. And come to Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. Joy and gladness will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee. So the main point tonight is simply this. Find strength in the certainty of your ultimate destination with God. Find strength for the journey in, your, in the certainty of your ultimate destination with God. And I want to just consider this verse uh, in, with three points. Number one, let's think quickly about the certainty of the destination. Verse 10 doesn't present our ultimate destination as a possibility, It's given as a declaration of fact. It's a promise made by God to us that this is something that is most certainly coming to pass. The ransom of the Lord will return and will come to Zion with singing. Now, you may be wondering, what is Zion? Real quickly, Zion is a reference to a few different things in Scripture. Uh, Most basic, it is a reference to the physical city of Jerusalem, Mount Zion in Jerusalem, That also became known as a reference to the people of God who live in that city, so God's people in their city, and over time it took on a bigger, fuller meaning, ultimately referencing the ultimate city of God, composed of all God's people through all ages, culminating in the new city, Jerusalem, that God is going to uh, create as he brings his great work of redemption to completion. So In this passage, certainly there's an immediate application that the recipients later on in the book will receive as applying to their being delivered out of captivity to Babylon, but there's no question in chapter 35 here that, that Isaiah has in mind a much greater city that he's looking forward to, that ultimate place where we will dwell with God forever. That's the Zion he has in particular mind in verse 10. There's no question as you read the language of chapter 35. So there's no question that that there's a certainty here that God's people will one day have as our final destination this place called the city of God, Zion. How is it that it's so certain? Well, that brings us to point number two, the pathway to our destination. The reason that this is so certain is because God has purchased this destination for us through his work of redemption. Notice, not everyone is going to arrive at this destination. It's, it's very specific, verse 10. It's the ransomed of the Lord who will return and come to Zion with singing. What a beautiful word, ransomed, is. To be ransomed or redeemed means to be purchased or bought out of captivity or slavery by someone paying the price required for us to be set free. So God himself has acted in human history to pay the price to redeem a people for himself, which is why we know that this promise will come to pass because Christ has purchased, God has purchased it for us, ultimately through the work of Christ. We know Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption. We have been purchased out of slavery to sin through his blood. It was the work of Christ that accomplished this for this. Now, lest you think I'm just importing back into this, the idea of New Testament redemption, I wanna show you really quickly how Isaiah is pushing forward to this as well. Keep your finger in Isaiah 35 and flip ahead to Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51 is written to a slightly different group of people, still God's people, but here, Isaiah is given a prophetic word to a future generation of Israelites who actually were living in captivity, who were filled with hopelessness and anxiety because of that. But, but as chapter, in chapter 40 through 55, as God continues to comfort them with words of his deliverance, somewhere in there, Isaiah has this prophetic vision of the remnant responding to God with a prayer of faith, In verse 9 through 11 of chapter 51, and notice how this prayer of faith begins, wake up, wake up, they're praying to God, arm of the Lord, clothe yourself with strength, Wake up as in days past, as in generations long ago. Wasn't it you who hacked Rahab to pieces, who pierced the sea monster? That's a reference to Egypt. Wasn't it you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the seabed into a road for the redeemed to pass over? And so, he quotes here uh, Isaiah 35.10, and so the ransomed of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. So what's happening here In Isaiah 51, when the remnant here says, wake up, God, an arm of the Lord, clothe yourself with strength, they're actually referencing back to Exodus 6 when God told his people that he was going to extend his arm on their behalf to rescue them from slavery in Egypt. He said, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgment. All right? So in Exodus 6, God says to Israel, I'm going to redeem you with my arm. So in Isaiah 51, as they're thinking about the fact that they're in captivity and God's promising deliverance, they respond in faith and says, yes, God, like you delivered Israel of old, stretch out your arm of strength to deliver us. You say, where are you going with all this? One more passage, look at Isaiah 53. What we come to discover is that this arm of the Lord is actually none other than the servant, the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. Look how that chapter begins. Who has believed what we have heard and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And then it describes in beautiful terms the sacrifice of the coming Messiah on our behalf. The ultimate arm of the Lord extended for us to ransom and redeem us is and always has been the Lord Jesus. He's the one God has provided to be our rescuer. So think about this. As you're journeying to Zion, to our heavenly destination, you're doing so because the God of the universe extended his strength in the person of the Messiah on your behalf in order to pay the price necessary to set you free from sin and all of its consequences so that one day your destination could most certainly be the eternal city of God. You would do far worse than to identify yourself as one of the ransomed ones of God. You're one of the redeemed brother and sister and together as redeemed ones, we're on the road to our ultimate destination and as you guys so beautifully witnessed to tonight, inviting others to join us and to experience God's redemption through the arm of the Lord Jesus our Messiah. And so we have the certainty of this destination, we have the pathway to it through the work of Jesus, who is the arm of the Lord, through whom we have redemption, and that leads us to the joy of the destination. One of the ways that the Old Testament emphasizes things so we know it's really important is through repetition. If that's the case, then what do you see he's trying to emphasize about our future destination in verse 10 there? What do you see? Joy, gladness, it's unbelievable how clear the Spirit's trying to be in reminding us about what is coming for us because of God's grace. The rants of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing, which is not a liturgical dirge there. It's assumed that this is a song of joy and celebration to a people who are coming out of captivity to their destination and then he says we're going to be crowned with unending joy joy and gladness will overtake them and as it does sorrow and sighing will flee now we often feel like we're always being overtaken by sorrow and sighing in this world but in that day it's the sor- sorrow and sighing that will run away from us because joy and gladness now are what's ruling it's unbelievable I don't think we've, I know I don't. I mean, no one's ever, you know, called me Joyful Jonathan. That's never been a nickname for me, okay? I'll confess. To my shame, I don't think we even grasp what's ahead. We can't even grasp it. Think about, for a moment, the most joyful experience that you've ever had. Just try to think about that. It's hard to do. Maybe multiple. You could choose from one of many. But think about those moments in life where you were just lost in the delight and joy of a moment. Maybe with people. Maybe with family. Maybe with the Lord. Maybe some great milestone. Who knows? But think about it. That moment that you thought, man, I wish this would never end. It just feels so right and good and whole to be in this moment. Can you think of a moment like that? How many of you are thinking of a moment? All right. I'll give you another five seconds. We should all be thinking of a moment like that. Now, multiply that experience to an infinite degree and extend it to an unending duration. That's what God says is coming for us. Jesus himself said that the Father's going to say, enter into the joy Of the Lord, the place where the joy of the Lord is the air that we breathe because he's there. It's hard to even fathom. That's where we're headed. That's our destination. And I love the phrase overtaken by joy. Crowned with joy, overtaken by joy. You ever play like tackle football I remember when I was a kid playing, and I was that torpy guy who was like cutting over the middle, getting those balls, and they hated it, because I'd take two steps, and we'd play two receptions to the first down. So I'd take a step, catch it, you know. Sometimes, though, I'd go deep, and I can always remember hearing the guy, they wanted to pummel me, so they were running me down, and I could, sometimes I made it, but a lot of times they overtook me, and suddenly out of nowhere, boom. It's probably not the best illustration of this, maybe. But that's what it says, suddenly to just out of nowhere to be grabbed by something. That's what it's going to like as we're journeying to our ultimate destination and suddenly joy just enraptures us and overtakes us forever. That's our future. It's pretty stunning. So what does that mean for us? A couple words of application as we wind this up. First of all, obviously we don't want to let hopelessness overcome us on the journey. It's so easy in the very real hard uh, things that we experience, to be overcome with hopelessness. Be strengthened by the certainty of what God has provided for us. It's certain, it's been provided for at great cost, it is ours forever. And so have hope in the journey. Even the little phrase there, they shall come with, to Zion with singing, implies that there will be joy in the journey. Now for Israel here, it was still theoretical because even when they quoted it in Isaiah 51, they hadn't yet been announced that they were going to be set free from captivity. It was coming. Well, we've already that announcement has already been made. We've been set free. Heaven is our destination. We're on the path and we're going to be there. And so we can have joy in the journey. But secondly... Um, Tacking on to what Kevin was saying this morning, if you're back in uh, Isaiah 35, really the instruction is, the assumption is that we're doing this together in community. And so one of the ways that we should apply this is by encouraging one another along the way. Look back in verse 3 of chapter 35. Strengthen the weak hands. Steady the shaking knees. Say to the cowardly or the fearful, be strong, don't fear. And then he goes on to describe what God is doing and going to do, culminating in the eternal city. So one of the things we should do in application of this as we're living in community together is encourage each other with this fact when we're feeling weak and discouraged. Picture it this way, and I'll close with this. Picture it this way. We're all on this massive hike together. And the hike has ups and downs and hills and valleys and rocks to climb and easy stretches. And along the way, we don't want anyone to be left behind, right? We want everyone to make it to the end. And so sometimes there's someone who's tired and they're lagging back, like we prayed for our brother Sam tonight. And so we say, hey, you guys go ahead. We're right behind you, but we're going to walk with, with our brother here because we, we, he needs some extra support. Or maybe someone stumbles and twists their ankle, and, and so we for a while have to kind of carry that person along a little bit. Or maybe there's someone who always likes to go down the paths that are off the path, right? <laughs> but we, we know where the path leads. And so we're willing to stop and, hey, come back. You can't go that way. Looks great, but no, this is the way to go. Strengthen one another. Encourage one another because none of us want to miss where we're going. We want to make it together. And we want to be there in the presence of our Lord, looking at each other, I mean, imagine what it would be. I mean, when we were singing earlier, like bellowing that song, that was joy, wasn't it? And I'm looking around, and I'm just like, this is amazing to to be able to do this with people. Imagine that to the infinite degree together in heaven, in the presence of God. That's that's where we're headed. Let's all get there. Let's do it together. Let's encourage each other towards that end. Father, thank you so much for uh, purchasing us through the work of your son, Jesus in preparing this place for us. Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. May we never turn away and may we encourage each other toward that end and and be joyful uh, along the way. In Jesus' name, amen.